As per tradition, the Easter Monday clash with Geelong was a nail-biter with just five points between the two teams at the final siren. Sadly, it wasn't Hawthorne's day, and we'll be discussing what went right and what went wrong as we put the loss behind us. Plus, a preview of the next game as the Hawks head west to take on the Dockers. There's all this and more in another edition of the Hawk Talk podcast. My name is Nick Mason, and tis, it was a disappointing loss on Monday, but not without its positives. I didn't really see the loss. I saw a hell of a lot of positives out there. It was frustrating. We could have done with the win. But honestly, Geelong's CV looked shot to bits. I mean, as a Geelong fan, you probably don't walk away from that clash feeling great about your team, right? Because they've just sort of edged past Brisbane, miraculously, via umpire. Mm -hmm. And then they've just sort of almost carked it to a team that's not meant to be anywhere near them this year. Yeah, well... From a Hawthorne point of view, the ability for the players to keep in the contest, mm. to maintain the rage, yep. they were pretty awful in attack for most of it. Mm. Um, but to finally get... Well, they got an opportunity with a couple of injuries and to take that opportunity and force Geelong into a stuttering final finish where they were <laughs> very, very unconvincing. And uh, if only an umpiring decision had gone our way at some point. But we still won the freeze. I know. Ridiculous. And and didn't Geelong fans just let us know about that on Twitter? Anyway, whatever. It's always them. Them and Essendon, they're the worst ones. Them and Essendon. (laughs) Seriously. In fact, they're not just the worst ones, Tiz. Because I run the socials, as listeners would know. Long-time listeners familiar that I, I command the Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We'll get to all the socials later. But I can tell you right now. We do not cop any grief from any supporter base besides Geelong and Essendon. Well, it in, is quite weird. In this case, I would like to point out that we didn't give away any 50s in our defensive 50, which just means that I think they were playing a little bit within themselves, the boys. Okay. Don't you? We're not getting aggressive enough in that forward 50. Anyway, I thought it was a great turnout by Hawthorne players. As a whole. Yeah. And there was one bloke who stood head and shoulders above the rest. I mean, I've noted down a few names here, but can I have a stab? I think I know who you're going to say. It's got to be Jager O'Meara. It is this time. Usually I throw you a curveball. I know. But this time it's Jager O'Meara. I was waiting for it. You're always a bit (laughs) sneaky with these. 34 touches. Yep. And 13 in the last quarter. Really? 13 in the last... Wow, okay. Like, just so the someone, whole driving force in that last quarter. Is someone Jager. really wanted to win, basically. That's <laughs> yeah. what that says. Well, I mean, uh, can you blame him? He kicked that winner a couple of years ago. That was an amazing point. Yeah, exactly. He knows what can be done uh, if you get into the right position. Uh, a massive game-high 13 clearances as well. Five of those being center clearances. Eight marks. Seven score involvements, five tackles. And just a bit of a side note for you here, O'Meara is leading the competition in average stoppage clearances. Incredible. Mm. And considering that uh, Tommy Mitchell was well held yes, by O'Connor, um, you know, he had to step up and he did. It's him and then Chankwas. Yeah, it was him and CJ. Uh, I mean, how bloody brilliant is it to watch CJ at the moment? 445 metres gained at 83% disposal efficiency. The 23 touches. That 445 metres gained was topped only by one player who we'll get to in a sec, Wingard. So pretty impressive stuff. And just the attacking flair of CJ can really, like, it's spark personified. Like, we just look so much more dangerous when he's got the footy. But it's not just that. It's the intercept marks. Hmm. 
It's just beautiful timing. Where did this come from? Because I know that... He's always had a great ability to read the play. Yeah. And very fast. I think both of us have been excited by CJ for a long time. But I think we would have to admit that we didn't see that he was going to become quite so integral well, so I mean, quickly. He's had a few fall over in front of him. Well, he got well, an opportunity true. through Impey, and now Sicily yep. is down, mm. and then Will Day. Yep. And so, you know, he's got to take it with both hands. Um, and that's why he's only on a one year contract, too, because he has had so many people in front of him. But he's taking his opportunity, and jeez, mm. it, it's so exciting. Uh, four scoring involvements as well for CJ. Right, there you go. He almost kicked a goal. If he just uh, put a bit more on that kick, it would have sailed through. It would have absolutely brought the house down, I reckon. Speaking of frustrating kicks, oh, Jimmy Warple, he doesn't look a shadow of his former self. It seems to me that it's either Shields or Warple in the midfield. Because they seem to be duking it out for that role. It, it feels like someone has to make way for He's... the benefit of this midfield functioning properly. Right. Like it just needs a little something extra that, you know, there's a surplus of a certain type of player here and Warple is the one underperforming. So... And easiest to get into a different role because he's younger. I mean, we're playing Shields at, on off the uh, half-forward flank. As well. Yeah, they're yeah. both rotating through the same Right, line. okay, so it wasn't just him, yeah. yeah so... it's, a, it's a Shields versus Warple, and uh, Shields is probably better at most roles at mm. the moment, both mm. roles. Um, but uh, Warple going inside 50 isn't... And he had a couple of shots on goal, and you're like, mate, mm. you could have nailed it. Yeah. And he would have in the past. We had a number of questions on Warple. This first one from Lazy Sim at Hawk Talk Pod. What is Warple's role? Has Morrison or have other players impacted him? Is there no room in the middle for him alongside Piggy and Jakes? Are we trying to push him to the outside? What is the plan for the Peter Crimmins medalist? Then we heard from Emily at Hawk Talk Pod. Does Warple need a spell in the twos? Possibly Cousins in for him this week. We heard from Moz. Why is Cousins always overlooked? Thinking about Warple and how he's playing, he doesn't do the little flickbacks to have a look at see how much space he has anymore. Did you notice that? He's, no, I he's reacting that. really quickly mm. when he gets the ball. It, it, it could be just a confidence thing. Mm. Um, I think Bradley Hill was talking about it the other day and how his confidence level and the pressure on him is starting to get to him. Yeah, that could be happening with Jimmy. Mm. Um, twos, maybe. If this continues, he needs to go back get confidence. Yeah, because he is best twenty-two. He just needs to. Show it. How long do you give it? I mean, we're playing Freire this week, who are kind of trash against well, they're, Carlton. They're also bat deep in the midfield, so I don't think you drop in this week. No. There's also a lot more space at West, mm-hmm. so um, I've got some interesting inclusions I'd like to see. <laughs> okay, we'll get to that. But it doesn't involve Warple dro- being dropped. Um, no, I, I wouldn't drop him just yet. It's one to watch, isn't it? Like, I think the fans are right to be concerned. And you brought up Harry Morrison there. Mm, yes. Apart from CJ, mm-hmm. Harry is the most improved player in our side. He is a shining light at the moment. I am uh, <laughs> a bit of egg on my face, Tiz. If anyone's read our uh, season guide, uh, yeah, it's a little embarrassing because I didn't have too many kind things to say about what him. did you do? Pot him? Well, I feel that maybe I did. I can't remember exactly what I said, but he it wasn't. He was at VFL level all year or something. No, I just wasn't sure, like, what his role is. Was he going to play half-back? Was no space there? Is he going to play wing? Well, can he do that? I, I just wasn't sure what he was going to do to be able to earn another contract. And, uh, yeah, wow. 
Uh, what a season so far! Three games into the three games into the year, and, and his preseason appearances as well. I'm very happy with his output. Uh, 19 touches this game, uh, 89.5% disposal efficiency, a team high 10 score involvements in this game. Is that all? Because I'm going to shock you with the next stat. Go on. Tackles mm-hmm. leading the side with seven. That was equal leading, surely. No, leading the side. Really? Next is uh, Ben McAvoy with six. I know most of our veterans led the charge with tackles, didn't they? Bruce and Shields were up there as well with six, I think. Bruce and Burgoyne had five. Yep. Yeah. Okay. And and Jago had five too, as okay. we said earlier. Yeah. But not really his go when you no. think back how he used to play. Oh, I've absolutely, in 2020, criticised Harry Morrison for being soft on this podcast. <laughs> so I, I no, definitely do. His it. defensive ability is what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> You went to euphemistic language, please. Oh. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm driving at. You know the point I'm trying to make. Yeah, he's not. He's never been soft, but uh, his tackle oh. was never really fantastic. He, he, he was found shirking a few contests last year. I'll stand by that. Okay. <laughs> but he's turned it around. Fantastic uh, performances this year so far. Um, I thought in terms of our inclusions this week, very noticeable that Chad Wingard was back. Like, it just makes a difference, doesn't it? Needed a bit of polish. Yeah. Um, very unlucky with that goal line decision. Oh, yeah. You reckon we were robbed? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, what did we lose by? Yeah, well, exactly. Five points. Yeah, well, it could have been a draw. <laughs> Everyone forgets that. <laughs> we got a point. <laughs> Uh, 22 touches for Chad, five inside 50s, which I think might have been a team high. Uh, but, but you can see, like, he is absolutely integral to our, our surges forward. Because along with those five inside 50s, 476 metres gained, that was the most of any Hawk player, nine score involvements as well. In attack, he's just essential. And we heard from one of our listeners, Caleb, uh, when we had Wingard, we felt a bit more attacking. Is Wingard the spark that we need to have in the team to be an attacking midfield forward? Uh, I would say yes. Yeah, his his speed and but you know there's a needs a polish, needs a couple of games. Mm. Yeah, the the efficiency was down, wasn't it? Yeah, it's hovering um, in the mid sixties. Can I just bring up Clarko's tactics? What did you think? I, I thought offensively, as in attacking, <laughs> that we were found wanting. Uh, that was my biggest problem. Tactically, there seemed to be a little a lot of naivety going forward, kicking long to Geelong. That just wanted the ball back and played that way. And and our forwards as well. Whilst I I didn't mind by the end of the day, I was frustrated by Mitch and Cozzy throughout the game. Mitch just, just chucked the toys out of the cot at one point <laughs> and decided to just go for everything with five blokes around him. And Well, it worked at one stage, it didn't did. it? Oh, I tell you <laughs> what, he nearly mate. took a screamer. Cozzy nearly took one that he would have normally eaten up but got found out just in the moment, I think. That they frustrated me throughout the day because they weren't really providing much. Did you notice? I was begging for them to lead up to the footy and, you know, on the rare occasions that a Geelong player wasn't guarding the space, you have to make the most of it, and neither of them were. And that frustrated me. By the end of the game, I thought, you know, they, they each chipped in on the scoreboard, so forgive them a bit more. But On the flip of this, mm. our defence... Oh, yeah, rock solid. Pretty good. Yeah. Like, there's a few easy goals there. But, God, Clarko's done well there. Yeah. Because there's a lot of, uh, what's the word, um, band-aid solutions going on. 
Yeah. And it's, it's holding together. On paper, absolutely not our strongest defence that we could put on the park. Um, and, and that'll come with time. Obviously, Sicily and Day are the but glaring. But it's functioning well. Yeah, it's working well. I'm very satisfied with our defence. It's, uh, it's everything ahead of it. It's the midfield. It's the forward line. It's just... Th- those are the parts that are not working so well. Um, I did think Frost and also Hardigan sort of uh, lost their composure. Yes, I'd agree with that. Yep. At one point, which is very unHawthorne-like, but it'll get it'll come to them. Would you include in that uh, loss of composure, um, whacking Tom Hawkins over the back of the head? Oh no, that was very composed. <laughs> That's very deliberate. Well, I think. Uh, dare I say, intentional rather than careless. Was Lakey down at the club? <laughs> yeah, midweek. A bad influence. Well, I, you know that's. I mean, well, it, it is Tom Hawkins. You can hardly blame the guy. <laughs> I think Tommy's given out his fair share in the past. He I'm not too absolutely worried. Absolutely has. Yeah, he absolutely uh, has. Uh, still, come on, it's more than a fine, right? I mean. What are you talking about? That this was... is a Hawthorne podcast. This is he could... oh thrilled that Hardigan's available to play, but it's a bit of a joke, right? Why? That was worth He's a week. He's not concussed or nothing. It was by the letter of the law intentional. How Michael Christian can grade that as just careless? Nah, he's going for the ball. Absolutely absurd. <laughs> you're, you've got a smile on your face. I, you know it's ridiculous. I know it's ridiculous that you're bringing it up. Oh. I could not care less. <laughs> Look, mate, if he'd gone for a week. You would flip so quick. No. That happens no. every week. That I, happens every week. No matter where the ball is, they're still hitting him in the back, back of the head. If you made the head sacrosanct in a marking contest, mm. no one would drop a mark ever again. Oh, there's an idea. That's it. Whoa, that'll get the game there flowing. Certain, oh, tears. Here we go. There are certain vulnerabilities of your body you need to acknowledge when you go out and play AFL footy. Should have been suspended. Anyway, oh, God. <laughs> uh, hey, one-eyed Hawthorne man here. I, I co-host a bloody Hawthorne podcast. Mate, of course I love that Kyle Hardigan's free to play. Are you... I, I would have thought you would have said uh, it's a shame it was Tom and not Isaac. Did you have a little bit of a boo, Tiz? Did, Did you I have, a, have a little bit of a boo? <laughs> I cupped my hands. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure the sound travelled. I'm sure he heard you specifically. Well, hang on. This is the bloke that was feeling sick before the game, according to Scotty. Oh, was he? Yeah. I didn't hear that. Oh, he's very lucky to make the game, according to Scotty. come on. He was feeling sick. Give it a rest. Yeah, no, we intimidated him, absolutely. What did you think of he that cannot be named? Uh, After quarter time, I didn't notice him, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, he had 10 in the first half, 5 in the second. I mean, it, it kind of stung a little bit that in the first minute of the game he had a goal assist. 15 uncontested, none contested. Yeah, Thanks, sounds, Smithy. Sounds about right. <laughs> hey, no. it's, it's, it's always been his game. Come on. Yeah, but none. I mean, you know. You, yeah, I suppose you, none. You'll cop it a bit for that, I reckon. Yeah, maybe. Uh, so you had a boo. I, I enjoyed myself, all right? Yeah, no, that's fine. I'm not going to sit here and judge you. I couldn't think of anything more boring at this point than talking about whether or not to boo Isaac Smith. I, it's just so tedious a discussion for me. Thank you, Chappie. <laughs> yeah, Chapman wanted to get involved. What did he say? Just, oh, it's a dis- in, disgraceful in, of Hawthorne supporters. He's entirely irrelevant. Anyway. It's like I said on Twitter. He's just got that PTSD from the 2008 Grand Final. He hears boo as due, did and he, it takes him right back there. Did he play in that? Oh, no. <laughs> God, I don't remember Ouch. him influencing it. 
<laughs> we heard from Nat, one of our listeners, uh, how many times does Paul Chapman wake up in sweats over Stewie Dew? <laughs> hey, uh, let's go to Stats Corner. Come with me now, listeners, to Stats Corner. Oh, no. Uh, to date, in season 2021, right, mm. Hawthorne have registered the second highest disposals of any team in the comp. That surprise you? You don't feel like we're piss-farting around with the footy when we've got it? Hey, I'm asking you if it surprised you. I know where I stand, and sure, I think that but, tracks. but I haven't been watching much of the other footy. I've been watching a bit, but I'm not that shocked at that. We, we are, as you, as you so rightly put, piss-farting around with the football. <laughs> I would agree with that. Uh, Hawks are third in the league for marks, fourth for contested marks. Not bad. We're even fourth best in the league for disposal efficiency. I have actually noticed our disposal efficiency is quite good. That would come about with that uh, piss-farting. Well, not necessarily. No? In the back half? No, there's plenty of those. Uh, anyway. Dingy little kicks. Uh, here's where it falls down, though, unfortunately. Because all that sounds kind of rosy right now. But we're actually second last when it comes to inside 50s in the comp. And our efficiency when we're actually trying to hit up a target inside 50 is in the toilet. We have a huge fear of being caught on the rebound. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's why that's why we hold the ball as much as we do. So, all this is to say that we're finding the footy just fine... And we can chip it around successfully, but when it comes to doing anything meaningful with it, like when it matters most, and that is getting it inside and having a look at goals, it's just not really working at the moment. Meanwhile, Tiz, a massive discrepancy in our contested and uncontested numbers. I'm sure you won't be surprised at this. Second for uncontested possessions in the league, but when it comes to the tougher, more demanding stuff, the inside game, we're dead last for contested footy. Been a problem for many years. Yeah, not shocking. It's not our game either. We've been through this before, but the uncontested possessions and the disposal efficiency of uncontested possessions and your ability to uh, map out the next play Mm. is far greater from the outside than it is from the inside. Mm. So in the past, we used to just wait for the ball to come to us like Geelong did on the weekend, and it was most frustrating. Mm -hmm. That's, That's a game style that you can reproduce again and again and over a long time. Mm. Right, we've seen Richmond do a similar type of style mm. and then go randomly forward. Yeah, <laughs> which has been very effective. But if we can, it, it's just the breakdown, and that's where Harry has been so important in going inside fifty, and mm. where we notice Warple is not doing as well as Harry yeah. in going inside fifty. And it doesn't help that both our targets have under fifty games. Yeah, well, so exactly what right. happens with Tim O'Brien this week? Was he dropped? Was he ill, as the rumours were suggesting? He was apparently ill the day before uh, when uh, Box Hill were playing. And we'll get to them in just a moment. Uh, Connor Nash only played a half right. for the VFL. Mm. And then he was named as an emergency. So they were half expecting Got my that... my heart all a flutter. Oh, I know it did. <laughs> they were half expecting they might need to use Connor Nash. As it turns out, Tim O'Brien named as the medical sub in the end. Uh, when we didn't have to use him, which is fortunate. Unrequired, yep. I mean, I, I do expect that he steps right back into the 22 next week, if that's all that was keeping him out. Yeah, okay. Well, who's coming out for him? That is the question, isn't it? Because I, I would be loath to drop Cozzy. Nah, surely you have to. Really? You've got three games. It just feels like weird punishment for a couple of... You know, well, I, I think after three games, Cozzy with these four touches, two contested, two uncontested, uh, three marks... 15 pressure points, three scoring involvements, one goal, one miss. Yeah, I'd be more inclined to give him one more crack against Frio. Okay, what about Brockman? 
Brockman uh, sensational goal right when we needed it too because we've been thwarted for ages I mean this is a game where Brockman chipped in on the scoreboard eventually besides that I felt he had a pretty quiet day and it made me wonder why we didn't have Hanrahan out there really well yeah it did how did he go at VFL don't think he played. He's certainly not in the rundown from from Sam Mitchell, is he? So no. What did happen? I don't know. I, I just felt like, look, as long as Lewis and Cosy are getting beaten in the air, and and they're not, our, our retention in our forward fifty is poor. It just would have been nice to have another another crummer running around. Can we talk about what changes we might make for Frio? Oh, we'll get to that. I think we need to talk about Box Hill first. What did they win by? Forty eight. Yep. Over, Enormous over. win. Prevailed over a spirited North. Did it without their best player for a half. Connor Nash, of course, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. Uh, yeah, Look, can I just, win. before everyone okay, thinks right. I'm being ridiculous, yeah. Nash, you played just a half and was very important for us. These are Sam Mitchell's words. <laughs> He's in really fine Don't blame form. me. Blame Sam Mitchell. We really struggled in the third quarter onwards without him. Can't believe you're actually reading it word for word. Our forward structure lost a lot, which showed just how important oh. it is to the side. <laughs> So, um, loathe to let him go into the AFL. That's Sammy there. <laughs> He's uh, apparently having a stellar year, and it might it might just be only a matter of time. I don't, I don't, I just don't quite know who he replaces at this point. Do you get what I mean? Like, there's a bit of a backlog. Who would you bring him in for? Oh, um, any of the unperforming forwards? Well, name names. Um, You're not dropping Mitch. Yeah. Okay. You're not right. dropping no, Mitch. I'll not leave, after one game. I'll leave the anointed boy alone. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, you could probably um, give Brockman a rest or something like that. Okay. I, I would be loath to drop Brockman before WA, though. Yeah, you gotta you got to have him play in WA. It's yeah. his home state. Exactly. Yeah. So The romance of it. Can I just point out a remarkable fact? Michael Hartley played Ruck. Yeah, I read that. Yeah, interesting. And apparently he was <laughs> used his kicking skills with great aplomb. Well, I would hope so. And I love this. And because Sammy's gone with the golden fist being a feature of his game. Yes. Well, again, as a defender, I would certainly hope so. I love that <laughs> segment. Anyway. Uh, it was a good win by Box Hill. Uh, they broke away to a nice lead to quarter time. Really put the foot down in the second term to lead by almost eight goals at half time. Bullants were brave. They didn't really go away, but uh, Box Hill ended up putting the contest to bed in the final term, breeding five consecutive goals of the Hawthorne boys. The big story of the day, must be said. Jekka with a bag of six. Six straight. Cousins kicked two. Not only that, but he gave some off as well. Did he? There you go. Goal assists as well. Cousins kicked two, registered the most possessions, continuing to improve. Uh, We heard from a couple of our listeners on Cousins asking, when is he going to play? We heard from Gus. At Hook Talk Pod, when does Cousins play? Ravani, one, two, three. Can Cousins come in for Warpedo? We want to see Cousins, Tiz. The, the, the supporter base, they're getting a bit antsy. They want to see James Cousins back. I want to see James Cousins back. He's been very good at, at the VFL level. You've got to remember these are practice games, though. He's just got to push someone out of the lineup. Who, who are you going to take out? Well, the people... Could are... be Burgoyne. Well, there you go. I was surprised Burgoyne lined up again. Are they really going to play him the 11 straight games? Well, they mightn't take him west. That's my point. Yeah, that's true. I want to talk about Finn McGuinness, mm-hmm. who basically they're making into a tagger. Now, yes, whether yeah. that's an education role, he learns how other people do it, moves on from there, does it himself. 
I feel or like... whether they're going to say, listen, you're going to come in and you're going to mm. play tag on this bloke. Because he's built, right? Yes. He can hold his own. Yeah. Right? All we want you to do is tag on him as soon as he gets a footy. Yeah. Um, make space for others around the ball. I feel like these are the sorts of comments that Sam Mitchell's been posting for us as fans lately. Uh, the defensive side of his game has been a focus, right? Yeah, but also his positioning. Because his positioning at the contest were, was pretty awful. Yeah, okay. So if you're... You can't really teach that. Mm. You just learn it. It's a it's a by following. Yeah, it's a game feel thing. Yeah, yeah. Ned Reeves, excellent. Emerson Jecker, really good. Did Connor you... Downey is surprisingly a lack of confidence at VFL. Yeah, Sam Mitchell wants him to take the game on more. So we won't be seeing him for a while, I suspect. No, it'd be be a little more time before Downey makes his debut. What about this guy here? Who I must admit. I totally forgot about when I was considering, geez, Hawthorne's midfield. What do we do with it? Apart from Warpool, like, how do we rejig it? Lachlan Bramble. Remember him? Fast. Yep. Nice and fast. Starred as a strong contributor for Box Hill on the weekend, mm. boasting speed and X Factor in what Mitchell praised as a near BOG effort. They don't trust him yet, though. No. The structures. Still, well, still early. Yep. But I'm just saying there's there's something there. Out in the West, you reckon he can just run up and down all day? He will not be named this week. Okay. But it's exciting. Yeah. It's exciting to have him there. I, I, it was just a blind spot for me. When I was reading Sam Mitchell's report, I went, oh, Lockie Bramble, of course. Okay, all right. Maybe we have something there. Something up our sleeves. It's good to know. All right. Now that we know what happened to Box Hill. <laughs> You're itching to talk about team selection. All right. I am, because I feel like they've sort of abrogated and... Mm. Being like, okay, we don't need to make a decision just yet. We haven't been entirely non-competitive. I put to you that Hawthorne were non-competitive for large parts of that Geelong game mm-hmm. and that they were brought back into the contest by injuries to Higgins and the other fellow who got subbed out. And um, Geelong basically having a terrible fitness level. Yeah, okay. And I think there do need to be changes made to beat Frio over there. I don't think Frio are very good, but I'd love to get the win over them. Yeah, well, absolutely. So, who's in the gun? Is it Dan Howell and his glaring errors that Clarko made excuses for during the press conference? Mm, team instructions. Overall, I wonder overall if, Dan Howell had a good game. I wonder if to this point in the podcast, listeners are sort of screaming, at just being like, when are you going to talk about Dan Howell? Um, I mean, in a sense, it's a little boring because it, so, it was so obvious, wasn't it? Like... A couple of pretty glaring errors in the last quarter. Yes, but he was taking the game on, Nick. He was following the, team rules. I mean, the kick to CJ was just just poor. There's you no know way what around it was like? that. You know what it was like? What? What about the kick into the centre to Burgoyne who'd called for it? Yeah, and who stood flat-footed. Yeah, it was a perfect kick to him, wasn't it? Was it? Yeah, Burgoyne didn't move. Well, I, I'm... Well, it takes, if you call for it, it there... It takes two to make a good pass, if mate. If you call for it there, it's your own problem. All right, okay. It takes two to complete a good pass. That's all I'm saying. Now, he shouldn't probably kick there. He shouldn't probably take the option, but if Burgoyne's calling for him... Well, let let me put it to you this way. He's the old man there, right? (laughs) He's the one who's meant to be making the decision. Runs at 100% disposal efficiency, had 11 touches for the game, five in the last quarter where you could see he was trying to influence, make better decisions as they were going forward up the ground, Mm. which was great. You know, one mark, two intercepts. Not sure... Uh, Burgoyne can keep going at that rate without a rest. Oh, listen uh, to this, listeners. 
Yeah. He's dropping Shawnee Burgoyne. I, I am. Oh. For this week. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but um, what I've noticed is his contested possessions mm. have mm. fallen away. Okay. And he can he can basically settle 50-50. He doesn't get beaten mm. in the contest, mm. but uh, doesn't win it either. Okay? Yeah. He relies yeah. on teammates to get there with him. Yeah. Um, so... You know, he's still a terrific player, but it's, it is winding down. We thought he was done two years ago, to be quite honest. Mm. Remember? When mm. he's getting tacked from behind and yep. stuff like that. So Burgoyne might be dropped. I also have Moore in the gun. Oh, yeah. He was fairly invisible yep. this game. Yep. Yeah. He does that. Yeah. He's got a cloaking device. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I had how, but I think given Clarko's comments... He will. You'd, you'd expect, based on that defence from Clarko, that he keeps his spot. And I'd be bringing in Nash and Cousins. I'd mm-hmm. be bolstering the midfield after we were so uh, easily beaten in the midfield by Frio last year. Mm. And Cousins can play a forward role as well. Yeah, true. So I don't really disagree with any of that. And what about our VFL women's? We haven't heard about them for a while. And do you know why? Why? They've been on hiatus. Elaborate, please. Well, they, they, they're playing again on the 10th. Oh, so it's just a buy. Yeah. You made it sound very dramatic. Hiatus. Well, no, I think there's been a hiatus because round six is a couple of weeks after round five. Oh, okay. All right. So that's at Box Hill City Oval at uh, 10 o'clock on Saturday. All right. Not bad. That's doable. Yeah. And we'll have to wait until we find out <laughs> what the VFL boys are doing this weekend. Mm. We're never told too early in case we might turn up. What are your thoughts on the Freo game? Did Did you happen to watch any of Carlton Freo? Because I did. Did you? Yeah. How was that reconnaissance? Oh, they're rubbish. Freo are just absolutely rubbish. But oh, they I will could, not... I could tell that from the stats. <laughs> they will not turn in the same kind of performance. There's just no way. Like, they were listless. They could not mount a damn thing against Carlton. Was it because Carlton were just too good? I think it kind of was. I, I don't remember watching it being like, oh, Frio are just incompetent and that's the end of the story. I think Carlton were really hitting their straps. No Fife, no Frio? Maybe that's part of it. I don't know. How are you rating our season so far? Three games in. We've played the grand finalists. Yeah. Well, I, I meant to actually point that out in the uh, stats corner, if you remember that jaunt to the stats corner that, yeah. we, that we did before. Mm-hmm. Um, they should be viewed in context, right? Like, we have played... The best teams from last year. So, I, I don't know. Like, that needs to be viewed with some perspective. So, we're 1 2, 1 win, 2 losses. That is pretty much where we expected we to go be. Go to 2 2 this weekend. And I'd be happy with that. Development year, Nick. Development year. And you can see they definitely are developing. You're getting, you're getting the um, improvement from GS. Impey's back to form. Morrison mm. is improving. Phillips is giving us something. Shields is being rotated out of the most important roles. You mm-hmm. can see that happening. Warple, it might finally click. Dan Howe's becoming an important cog. Mm-hmm. If he makes better decisions, he's going to look very, very good. It's so close for Dan. Just, <laughs> it's you, just, you're, you're almost saying that with like a desperate hope about you. No, I, I think he has a lot of uh, respect within the club. Yeah. Um, like he must do some great stuff. Mm. Just on game day... Sometimes has a little bit fade out, tries to influence the game too much, yeah. tries to do too much. Highly competitive guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I still want the name, the accountant, to travel with him. I just, Why? Because I just, I, he loves accountancy. 
It's on record. <laughs> Just such a weird thing for an AFL footballer to come out and be like, oh, I love being an accountant. You know, on that work experience that they all have to do. Yeah, right. He yeah. did that. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll just call him the tax man. I don't care. I read something on Twitter. Someone pointed out that Dan Howe is exactly the kind of player where his influence isn't easily seen. It's not as flashy or as obvious as a lot of players for us. I think that's accurate. You watch the space he creates when he's around the ball. Mm. Uh, for our other players. He's mm. very good at that. Bigger body, um, very hard to shift. I know we're all over the shop here, but um, one guy we haven't mentioned at all, Jack Scrimshaw. Yep. He's doing well. Like Birchall, I take him for granted. Yeah. <laughs> I think we are. I think we are just a little bit. 350 metres gained, 17 uncontested, 4 contested, 10 marks, 7 of those intercepts, Two tackles, just going along beautifully. I mean, we kind of had him, had him pegged as like uh, a Sicily replacement, and we started the year without that. Mm. We didn't have him in the side as he uh, was recovering from injury. And uh, now we've lost Sicily and Day. Uh, it's just nice to know Scrimshaw's on hand. Tell you to what, do it's what a he hell does of best. a back line, isn't it? It's like a... Yeah, it, it, that's a bit deeper than, oh... Everywhere else on the like, field. <laughs> we didn't get Whitfield and Clarko just went, damn it. <laughs> just recruit halfbacks until we get one that's elite. Yeah. Throw everything at the wall until it sticks. <laughs> I mean, recruiting strategies going forward. For mine, it's going to be outside mids and a ruck, a young ruck. I posted this on Twitter but last night. But we're still night. losing contested possessions, so. Isn't I know. That a worry to you? Yeah, but. We're, but we're slow as well. So we're losing the footy and then we can't catch them. <laughs> it still happens in our midfield. They break away so easily. I I, I didn't mind our output against Geelong or, or Richmond for that matter. I think we um, we performed quite admirably. It was both brave losses, I think. So I'm relatively satisfied with our one win, two losses at this point in the season. The competitive soul of this group is in fantastic, Nick. Got good grit. Yeah. Got really good grit. And that's something we were lamenting in the last couple of years. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Th- you, got to, is... you got to points of inflection in games mm. and it would we would break. There'd be a run on. They'd kick a whole lot of goals in a row. And the... that's not happening at the moment and, against and the best sides. That's exactly right. The characterization of these losses is completely different to the losses of 2020. But it did happen in round one. So the capacity <laughs> is still there. Yeah. And it's going to happen again. Young team. This is it. This is the ride that we're on. And I, I feel like it's very exciting, actually. I was thrilled to be back at the G again. I, I'm, enjoy- I just- I'm enjoying having some young key forwards. Yeah, yeah. Even if they are a bit, you know. They are a bit, you know. Bloody take the mark! <laughs> <laughs> what do you think you're there for? No, no uh, that kind of thing. Yeah, um, yeah. But, yeah, they're going to be good. I think so. I, I, I'm... I'm positive, in case that hasn't come across. And there's pressure from the VFL for a few of these spots, which is even Mm. better. All right, miscellaneous listener questions. I've got a few to fire through here. The first one from Lawrence. Greaves was exceptional at the end of 2020. Why hasn't he been able to get a game this year? It's a very good question. Mm. I think uh, they were critical of his ball use in in sort of taking the right options because he he, he put us down cul-de-sacs a fair bit of last year and it was you know they were easy kicks but he needs to be more aggressive well that's right like the you know his efficiency was well up Mm. but if you're not being damaging then it's kind of like what's the point yeah Yeah. Uh, well who was the bloke um, he ended up at 
That rising star he ended up at Brisbane and someone called in the crab because all he did was kick sideways. <laughs> I think you, you called in the crab no, on no, this podcast. It, no, it happened in game. Oh, right. Someone, <laughs> I think it was Tex Walker, looked at him oh. as an option and then he just went and ran the other way. Left him in 20 metres clear space because he knew he'd just get the ball and kick it sideways. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought you were going to say he did a bit of the, the pincer motion with his hands. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, so Greaves is... Um, I think he's been playing uh, more forward of of the mm. back line and trying to work on his distribution of the footy because we know he can win it. We know he can defeat an opponent. Mm. Um, you know, I, I think against the uh, the Bull Ants, Mitchell and said the bloke is, keeping him out of the back line. And make no mistake, yeah, is one Shawnee Burgoyne. I suppose so. Yeah, yeah, which is unfortunate. I I read, uh, I think it was the Mitchell's report of the Bull Ants game that uh, Greaves was playing a heavily defensive role. So like this week, yeah, 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 playing deep in defence and playing straight there. Yes, yeah. Um, So look, it is interesting. I I know we're all very excited for Damon last year. Um, It's just who he displaces at this point, and uh, I don't, I don't know if he's showing. I'm reading between the lines here. I'm not. I don't think he's showing the kind of form that is necessary to displace who he needs to displace from the, the 22, the senior lineup. Did you really pick Andy Adams' question here? Yeah. Really? It's just, oh, it's a bit of fun. Sicily playing forward. That's oh, what let me going read with. out the question. Let me read it out. Adam asks, with CJ and Scrim finding their way out back, do we think Sicily will end up playing forward again? The, and the statute rule has seemingly allowed more scoring. Do you have any thoughts on any further changes? Well, let's get to the first question, right? Any chance Sicily go for? Of course. Do you really think so? Yeah. He will be but, the ultimate swing man. I mean, we have just finished saying that it's a stacked back line and, we're, and it is holding up relatively well without him. Yeah. And the forward line yeah, could be better. Mm. That that still needs to be worked out. After about three years, Mate, it still needs to be worked out. Mate, forward is still a problem. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I agree with that. And Sicily's a forward before he's a backman. We do know that... Uh, Clarko likes to put them behind the ball after ACLs, though. What about the next one? The uh, the next part of that question. The statue rule has seemingly allowed more scoring. Do you have any thoughts on any further changes? What in the rules or to the sign? Uh, I guess I guess the rules. Like what what rules would you implement in aid of uh, more scoring? I guess nobody touched Tex Walker ever again. <laughs> I suppose that would be one rule. Looking forward to seeing him in Tassie. That'll be fun. Ugh. Hardigan versus Tex. Whoa. Gross. Hardigan's a big fella. He gave it he gave it up to Tom. Yeah, yeah, but Tex is in scary form at the moment. How long can that continue? Can't. Can that end before we get to Tassie, Probably. <laughs> they might have a look at who's doing all the scoring in Adelaide. It's a shame we couldn't get into Hawthorne, mate. Would have been great. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, I don't have any recommendations on further rule changes. I would rather they leave the game alone for about a year at least. Just stop. Oh, you got to keep Sydney competitive, mate. All oh. right. Now, what's been the hardest game so far? That question from Shanks Isabel. To watch Essendon. <laughs> um, to enjoy Richmond. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, yeah, I'd probably agree with that. The The Essendon game was just downright stressful. Like, that was hard. Oh, it's great at the end. Oh, well, when the final siren goes, the euphoria of it, the release, fantastic. But physically demanding up until that point. <laughs> Just a real big stress on the body. Uh, hardest game so far for the team? What would you say physically for the team? 
I kind of think back to the Richmond clash being fairly bruise-free footy. Look, none of them have been easy. They had all this at arm's length. I like Mike's question. Which of these is probably the hardest is is interesting. Mm. Frio, D's, Crows and Saints are the next four games. How many of these do you expect us to win? It's mm. a curly question. Well, Frio's a tick. Yep. I've... No, no. No, no, I, I, I do have Frio as a tick. Really? Yeah, I think At we can. At their home ground? Yep, I think we can. Okay. Yeah, well, I back us in, is my point. I'm not saying it's definitely a win. D's loss? With the form that they're in, unfortunately, yeah. And that's so. that must be incredibly annoying for you. They're incredibly unconvincing. You think so? Yeah. Something about them, they're, they're finding a way, aren't they? It's, yeah. Anyway. Crows? Well, that's God. definitely a win. That's why we're going. I mean, God, I hope we win that. We're heading down to Tassie. It would be... I hope we get seats. Oh, I, I know, right? right? Yeah, I've already, um, I've already been on the phone to the cherry pickers, just in case. Is it a cherry picker each, or are we in the same one? No, we're in the same one. Okay, okay, cool. It's like our own private box. I know how you enjoy heights. <laughs> oh yeah, wow! And... I would hate that. <laughs> my worst nightmare. And the Saints, well, they were deplorable on the weekend. Yeah, killed what my there? multi. Absolutely slaughtered my multi. No, I was so it. angry. Yeah. I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to do this. This is an intervention. Okay. Yeah. This round, right? We just have to get you. Oh, okay. Sorry, listeners. We've seamlessly transitioned into yeah. Mason's mold. You have to because you've been avoiding it. <laughs> okay. There's no other. There's no other term for it. What are you implying? I'm saying you got sick of losing. Oh no, no. I I refute that. You enjoy it. I'm I'm still up to the task of doing Mason's multi. All right. Well, Sydney, Essendon. Sydney. I hope that comes true. Now. <laughs> <laughs> First game of the round, normally gets it wrong. All right, no, Friday. No, no, no. It's Friday I usually get wrong. Yep. Well, all the better. Uh, Friday, Port Adelaide, Richmond. Oh, God. Okay, well. Port Adelaide were made look second rate by West Coast. I'm yeah, they, they were. What did Richmond do this week? I mean, they, they got absolutely nailed by Sydney. Oh, yeah, they did. Wow, okay. What an intriguing game. Huh. I mean, it would have been anyway. Richmond it... looks so slow and non-competitive. Um, I think in this instance, I'm just going to go with home ground advantage and just go port. Fair enough. Saturday, we've got the Dogs versus the Lions. You've done this deliberately. Yeah, because it's a, yeah. a terribly difficult this round. This is so tricky. Dogs versus Lions. Come on. Mars uh, Stadium. Oh, so, so yep. okay. Wow. Uh, dogs. I'm going to go dogs. St. Kilda, West Coast at Marvel. Oh, West Coast. So good. How, how interesting is that going to be? Yeah. Gold Coast Suns, or, I oh, know, it says here their injury department, versus Carlton. <laughs> um, Carlton. Collingwood versus the Giants at the G on the Saturday night. Collingwood. My favourite matchup for the round mm. is this one. Yeah. North. Oh, no. Versus Adelaide. Oh. Um... Tex could kick 30. <laughs> oh, look, I have to pick Adelaide. I mean, geez, North Melbourne. Oof. Will you be there at that one? I'll be. <laughs> With a bucket collecting the tears? I mean, it gets to a certain point where it's not fun anymore. Yeah, but it's not at that yet. Oh. This, is only round, this is only round four. <laughs> Melbourne versus Geelong. Uh, Melbourne. And the Dockers versus Hawthorne. Hawthorne. And I do concede that 
even if I somehow make it through that gauntlet, I could lose it on our game. This is uh, all because Jacob has asked that you go on the record for Mason's Multi and you use any funds that you win to um, to pay for our Winnebago to Darwin. Oh, right. Yeah, okay. I don't know if I consent to that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they, they should be exclusively my winnings. I mean, it's exclusively my money when I put it in. Good luck convincing the listeners of that, Nick. I think they want oh. us to go to Darwin. <laughs> The Hawk Talk Podcast Road Trip to Darwin. Mm. Imagine that. I've got the perfect name for it. Go on. Up the Guts. Up the Guts 2021. Up the Guts with Nick and Tiz. No. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's a perfect place to leave it. So uh, we'll get on to some uh, social media stuff. The housekeeping, Tiz. Uh, first of all, if you enjoy what we do, hop on to Apple Podcasts, uh, rate us and leave us a review. Big thanks to Stu who left us some lovely words and a five-star review here. Happy to read this one out. Uh, Stu writes, I loved picking up my 2021 season preview yesterday at the Tigers game and meeting Nick and Tiz for the first time. As a long-time listener and Patreon supporter, my five-star rating comes late in the game. However, it is never too late to say a huge thank you to these two gents that make the wins and the losses something we get to share together. You both give our Hawthorne family massive service and I'm personally greatly appreciative. Hawk supporters, please continue to recognise the outstanding contribution that these lads make, especially by supporting them through Patreon. Patreon.com slash HawkTalkPod. He's uh, very generous. <laughs> He's love, the bloke that gave us Caramel and Koalas. That's right. You ate them both. I did not. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, love the pod. Loving the season preview. Always Hawthorne and always Hawk Talk Pod. That is uh, as glowing a review as they come, Tiz. So we thank Stu for that. That is quite incredible. I blush for days, Nick, reading that. So if you do like the show um, and you haven't rated or reviewed us yet, do jump on Apple Podcasts. I can't stress enough. It genuinely makes our day reading stuff like that. It's quite incredible. You still don't want to do TikTok, right? No, I don't want to do TikTok. That is the one that I won't do. We're on everything else. I mean, for starters, we're on Twitter, uh, at Hawk Talk Pod. The new target is 2,600 followers, which will be huge. So jump on board. Uh, and Facebook, we've got a really passionate community growing over there. Facebook.com slash Hawk Talk Pod. Instagram as well, we're on. Uh, just search Hawk Talk Podcast. You'll find us there. And Patreon. We've had a few more subscribers jump on board, either joining for the first time or, or upgrading their subscription. So a huge thanks to Nathan, Clinton, Dogsfoot, Rogan, and Brad. You all play a huge part in making the podcast what it is. Support the show over at patreon.com slash Hawk Talk Pod. Subscribe at any tier, really. All the options are there. And uh, you get our bonus apps. We've got our season guide up there. There's plenty of stuff. Patreon.com slash Pod. Are there any songs about a tax man? I don't want to tax you any further, Nick. But um... You're obsessed. You, you can't stop talking about Dan Howe. Yeah, tax man. It's great. All right. Well, to play us out, uh, this will be The Beatles. What song? Penny Lane. No, obviously it's tax man. <laughs> obviously. I don't think I know that one. <laughs> All right. Well, you're hearing it now. <laughs> so are the listeners. This has been another edition of the Hawk Dog Podcast. Look forward to your company next week. We are a happy team at Hawthorne. Because I'm the tax man.